This is the Relic Radio Show, old-time radio entertainment still standing the test of time from RelicRadio.com. This is the Relic Radio Show, 60 minutes of radio drama every Tuesday at RelicRadio.com. Our first story this week comes from John Steele Adventurer. We'll hear Cargo Unknown from July 12th, 1949. After that, it's The Saint and the Red Rose for May 20th, 1951. Take one man with the courage born of freedom and another with the strength born of hate. Put them in an open boat with a beautiful woman. That's the story, Cargo Unknown taken from the files of John Steele, adventurer. Hello, friends. This is John Steele. And how are you tonight? Oh, is that so? Well, don't worry. We'll take care of that for you. Because this week, friends, we have another tale of adventure. This is one of those unusual stories. A yarn that leaves you doing some serious thinking. And a lot of wondering, too. So I suggest that you relax for a moment before I introduce this week's guest. The reason? A simple one. Once my friend Lou Cardone starts his story, you'll find it very difficult to relax. Well, enough of me. Here is Lou Cardone, a man with an aeroplane and ideas. Lou? You've heard the old saw about strange bedfellows. Well, I've got one that really takes a cake. I guess it started right after I came home from the war. I've been a fighter pilot with the 8th in England for two and a half years and finally got relieved after my 71st mission. little flack happy, but who wasn't? I couldn't settle down. Still wanted that old excitement. One day I read in the paper where XGIs could pick up surplus ships for a song, and that started me thinking. Scraped up all I could, bought me a sweet little twin-engine trainer, and I was in business. Jobs was slow at first, but I wasn't fussy as long as there was money in it. Well, one day I was out in the hangar cleaning up the ship. Pressure went out on the hydraulic system the night before, and I had to crank the flaps and landing gear down by hand. Just checking to find the leak where I was losing pressure. Are you Lou Cardone? Are you Lou Cardone? Huh? Sorry, mister, can't hear you. I said, are you Mr. Cardone? Wait a minute. Hey, cut her, Joe. Yes. Cut her. Uh, what did you say? I said, you're Mr. Cardone, are you not? Yeah, that's me. I would like to talk to you. Okay, mister. No, I do not mean here, outside someplace. Sorry, mister, I haven't got the time. I assure you it will be worth your while. Oh, that way, huh? Okay, okay. Break it, Joe. Be back in a minute. Right. Follow me. Thank you. Didn't catch your name. I didn't say it. Well? Gunther. Joseph Gunther. Okay, Mr. Gunther, what's on your mind? I hoped we could find someplace more private. I've made a lot of deals standing right here. Very well. I followed your career with great interest, Mr. Cardone. Get to the point. You are a very capable young man. Now, go on. Your advertisement in the paper first attracted my attention. Yeah? 
the Anything Anyway airline. That's just the name I got tagged with. I went to the trouble of having you investigated. Well? By my own man, of course. We discovered several things of interest. Such as? On March 2nd, you loaded a cargo of bowls of assorted materials. Your destination was recorded as Municipal Airport, Chicago. At 5.30 on the afternoon of the 23rd, you landed at a small airport outside of Las Cruces, Mexico, and made delivery to a representative of Rogers Packing Company. So what's wrong with flying material to Mexico? Your cargo was not assorted materials. Rolled inside the bowls were art treasures, valued at over $100,000. Your men are pretty efficient. The order was placed for me. On the 18th, you loaded a cargo of canned food. Same destination and deliver. Another of your orders? Yes. Scattered through the cans and sealed inside them was over a million dollars in jewels and precious stones. Shall I go on? You've made your point. What's next? We had to be sure of our man, Mr. Cardoon. Very sure. The cargoes were delivered. And you were well paid. Well? The next delivery is to Argentina. Hey, that's a long hop. What's a cargo? A man. Will 10,000 be enough? Pretty important guy, eh? Yes. Why is he so hot? Let us say he has... uh, Disagreed with the authorities. I like money, but I like free air, too. Twenty thousand. Argentina. It's a lot of open water flying. I'd need wing tanks. That means questions. I don't like it. You better find I have gone this far, Mr. Cardone. I cannot take no for an answer. You've got the wrong boy, Mr. Gunther. Sorry, I would like to have to point out that I have a complete record of your activities over the past year. The administration would find it interesting reading, I'm sure. The publicity will look good on you, too. I've been careful about that. You underestimate me. So it's that way. Yes. Twenty grand? When can you leave? There's a lot to be done. End of the week. No later. I will get in touch with you about the details. Okay. I knew you would see this my way, Mr. Cardone. Yeah. Yeah. I worked round the clock for the next few days, canceled all my other jobs, and just stuck close to the hangar. I'd have worked 30 hours a day for 20,000 bucks. A lot of the stuff could be done during daylight without starting too many questions, but I did most of the important work at night. It was the old excitement, just like the war days. I installed the wing tanks and checked the ship from stem to stern. Then I moved in all the equipment, picked up a 12-foot life raft, and was careful to see it was completely outfitted. Wasn't taking any chances. It was all set in four days. And Gunther phoned and set five o'clock the next morning as takeoff time. You are punctual, Cardone. Twenty grand, I'd miss my own funeral. There's no time to waste. These are your passengers. You said one. It does not matter. They are two. The well, ship's heavy as she stands. It will make it. But a woman, I... I'm not afraid. Okay, in you go. I hear. Let me help you. I'm quite capable. Thank you. Have it your own way. Your turn, Mr... Stand up. Can he talk? The bandages. A precaution. He must be hot. Now, bags next. This one stays too heavy. It must go. You want us to pile up at the end of the field? It does not matter, Gunther. Very well, madame. I'll be back for my 20,000. I will contact you when you return. Now, see that you do. You want to come up front for the takeoff, miss? Or is it, madam? Miss. Miss Tauber. Yes, thank you. I would like to. Well, maybe this won't be such a bad jaunt after all. Beg your pardon? Oh, nothing. Now, there, you sit in that one. You make it okay? Good. 
Hang on, Miss Dalby. Here we go. Wave goodbye to your boyfriend. Come on, baby, lift a little. Come on, sugar, act nice for Pappy. Will we make it? Your guess is as good as mine. Come on, you old hag. Gotta do better than this. Watch out for those trees. Oh, that's my sweetheart. Knew you wouldn't let me down. You ever have that funny feeling that you've seen him at a total stranger someplace before? That was my reaction to Stender the first time I saw him. I couldn't pin it down to any particular time or place. It wasn't anything as concrete as that. We'd been in the air for about six hours when I put the ship on automatic pilot and went aft. You comfortable, Mr. Stender? Right, Mr. Cardone. Must be a relief to get those bandages off. They serve their purpose. The water looks beautiful from up here. Like burnished metal. I've seen that color before. Where? On the barrel of a rifle or a revolver, like Mr. Stender has under his jacket. You think I am armed, Mr. Cardone? Bottle's the only other thing make a bulge like that. You don't look like a drinking man. You object, then, to my carrying a revolver? Hadn't given him much thought. But you object? I don't have one. Very well. You shall keep the cartridges. I shall hold the weapon. Oh, I know that's all the shells you have. In the same way that I know you are unarmed. Okay. You have done a great deal of flying, Mr. Cardone. Enough. You flew during the war. Yeah. Combat. 71 mission. Pacific? Europe. Uh, so. Then you are responsible for the destruction of a great many German cities. Not directly. I was a fighter pilot. So? You have shot down many aircraft. Sixteen and two probables. Probables? Not recorded by my wing cameras. You must have been well rewarded by your country. Never thought of it that way. I always found your army system of awards and decorations a bit uh, amusing. We did all right. But then you weren't professional soldiers. We won the war, didn't we? Ah, yes, you did. The mortars. Sounds bad. I can just get her to catch again. Got to set it down. Back to your seats. Fasten your belts. But I Try to lay her in easy. Can you land Get back to your seat. Lucky water smooth. Cover up a hair. That's it. Now easy. Now easy. Hang on. Comfortable? Yes, thank you. Raft's not the Queen Mary, but it'll keep afloat. That was excellent flying, Godot. Oh, we were lucky if the water hadn't been That smooth. was not luck. That was, uh, what is it, fate. Maybe. Did you have time to radio our position? No. 
But surely a ship will pass this way. Regular shipping channels are about 150 miles west of us. I figure we're drifting about due southwest. The sail will help some. Yeah, if the weather holds, we might drift into shipping lanes in 10 to 12 days. Have we enough food? I stocked the raft for two. What does that mean? Have to be careful. It won't be like the stork. The stork? Oh, nothing. Do uh, many aircraft fly this route? Can't count on that. No, I suppose they follow the shipping lanes, too. That's right. Well, we'll just have to make the best of it. The sun is terribly hot. Oh, I'm sorry. Here, let me rub some ointment on your face. You've thought of everything. It's part of the crash equipment. Is there enough? We have one, too. It is not very much. Faces get tough in a few days. Won't need it, then. It is cooling. You have a lovely face. Cup it with oil. Even that way. You should use them. I don't need it. Very charming, Mr. Cardone, if somewhat foolhardy. Mr. Cardone was not trying to be charming. Gallantry is a luxury he cannot afford. That is contemptible. The truth is often contemptible, Lisa. You'd better use some stender. Thank you. Your face is quite white. What do you mean, Cardone? I don't know. Are you implying that there is anything unusual about my face? Why should I? Hey, when did you eat last, beautiful? Four o'clock this morning. It's 12 hours. Yes. Okay, time for lunch, I eh? I can wait. <laughs> we'll eat now. Won't be much, though. I am hungry. Now, let's see. Must be something good on the menu. I'll see if I can catch the waiter's eye. They have very good steaks here. I'm not really that hungry. No? How about a nice third of a bar of chocolate, a biscuit, and a swallow of water? That's eh? exactly what I wanted. <laughs> Stander? Thank you. Oh, how's it taste? Wonderful. I love that misty taste in the chocolate. Army specialists work years to develop it. You're not eating, Mr. Stender. I may have greater need of it tomorrow. Maybe you won't need it at all. Tomorrow. The first few days weren't so bad, but after that it was pretty tough to take. The sun was blistering hot during the day and we were chilled to the bone at night. We tried to keep the raft bailed out, but our clothes were always wet. By the third day, our legs were covered with ugly saws from the salt water. It was all gone by the fourth day, but it didn't matter much because our faces and arms were as tough and dry as leather. We set up a system of watches so one of us would always be awake while the other slept. I was standing watch on the sixth night. The sea was calm and the moon was bright. Hungry? A little. You have to wait for Stender. Yes. Wouldn't be fair. No. Someday I'll buy a whole cow. Don't, Lou. Sorry. He sure is a funny one. Funny? Peculiar. Keeps to himself so much. That's the way he wants it to be. He's learned a lot about me. So have I. I know nothing about him. No. Sometimes I want to hit him for no reason at all. I know. He never seems to be as hungry or as thirsty as we are. He's more careful with his food. Yeah. Oh, how can he sleep so well? I don't know. The minute he lies down, he's asleep. He knows how to relax. Doesn't anything bother him? No. I have a feeling he's laughing at me all the time. You imagine that? No, I don't. I'm not the kind of guy who goes around hitting people for no reason. 
I know. Someday it... How'd you get mixed up with him? Please don't ask. Family? Yes. Tell me about yourself, Lisa. What do you want to know? I don't know where you were born, what you were like when you were little, what you believe in. Anything, everything. You sound like the immigration authorities. Didn't mean to. I was born in Vienna on August 8th, 1920, which makes me 28. 29. Not till August. Okay. When I was 14, I was sent to live with my aunt in the United States and finished my education in American schools. Lucky. Why? Because we can talk to each other. I went back to Austria in the early days of the war. Why? I thought I should. Go on. The rest isn't nice. I want to know. It isn't important. Okay. <laughs> what do you believe in? Myself. That all? I don't know. Okay. Okay. I lost track of time. What difference did it make? As near as I could figure, we'd been in the raft for 10 or 11 days. It was close enough. Our water was almost gone. Our food supply was running low. We used the fishing lines from the crash kit every day, but nothing ever happened. Lisa showed the strain more than Stender and me, and I began sharing my chocolate and biscuits without her knowing. Stender knew and smiled. It was Stender's watch in the eleventh day. I was sleeping lightly when I woke with a start and remembered the cartridges from his revolver. I slipped my hand into my pocket. And they were gone. I had no idea how many days they'd been missing. You've lost something, Cardon? No. No. I thought I saw you looking it for... was nothing. I must have imagined it then. Yeah. Clouds ahead. You've seen many such before. They never brought rain. These are cumulus. Cumulus? Rain bearing. Perhaps. Uh, it's only rain. It would help. Uh, <laughs> Sorry we woke you, Lisa. I was only half asleep. You feel all right? Yes. Here, just wet your mouth with this. You're getting careless, Cardon. There's not enough, Lou. Hey, take I... it. Thank you. How is your sunburn? It's okay. You're lucky. Why? Your beard. Gives you some protection. It's funny. What, Lou? No beard. Do not understand. Stender. What do you mean, Cardone? White skin. No beard. You have suggested before that there's something unusual about my face. Maybe there is. I told you to forget. All right, Lisa. I'm just beginning to wake up. You're... How is it? 
skating on thin ice, Cardon. How would you say it in Germany? These are dangerous words, Cardon. I don't care. No. Leave us alone, Lisa. It's raining. We've got to have this out. Rain. Rain. Good. No. No, just a shower. Think all I can. The sail. Get the sail down. Think. The sail. Catch it in the sail. Catch the sail. Stretch it out. Pull it, can't yes. Dip it in a little tender. Look out, you're spilling it. Now it's coming. Ah. Ah. We were able to fill one canteen and a half, another before the rain stopped, but that was enough to keep us alive for a few more days. A lot of things were beginning to get straightened out in my mind. I was sure now that I'd seen Stender before, the peculiar whiteness of his skin and the lack of hair. Well, if that wasn't plastic surgery, I'd never seen it. I knew I had to be careful because he still had the revolver and the cartridges. It was the 14th or 15th day in the raft. I was half awake. Lisa was bending over me, shielding my face from the sun. Mr. Stender says you've been sharing your food with me. What did you tell her that for? I hoped she would see you for what you are. True. True. Now, don't waste your strength, Lisa. Oh, silence, both of you. No. No. Silence. What's the gun? Silence. No. The bird. What? Up there, a bird. Go. I can just Don't shoot yet. Getting closer. Wait. Circling. Looking for food. Coming down. Not yet. Sees us? Yeah. Coming for the raft. Whitley lands. There. Right on the raft. Careful. One shot. As if you hit the raft. I am an excellent shot, Cardone. Got him. Got him. Food, Lisa. Food. Never any talk. Yeah, lucky you had the gun. Superior mind must do as it thinks best. Got to take care of the bird. I thought I detected a note of alarm, Gardon. Huh? Yeah, you thought perhaps I had some other use for the revolver? No, no. My imagination, perhaps. You know what this means, Stender? Means? Have a bird. You're safe for another few days. Besides that... Well, we're getting near shipping lane, Stender. So? We may get through this. Yes. First thing I do will be turn you in. So? One thing you can't stand. Be beaten. You're talking bravely. Considering I have the revolver, my captain. Oh, was it Major? Colonel Private. Or was it Corporal? How long do you think you can stand this, Cardone? Long as you can. One of us must fall asleep in the end. It'll be you. I'm stronger than you. Maybe. I've been more careful with my food. Yeah. It's been what? Eighteen, nineteen hours. Yes, so. And now you you are beginning to to tire. No. Splash some some water on you on your face. 
It'll help keep you awake. Shut up. Look at Lisa. Lisa's sleeping. It would be so... so easy. Just close your eyes. Shut up. Your patience is wearing thin, Gazon. You can't last forever. You should not allow yourself to become so upset. It uses valuable energy. I don't get it. Get it? This cat and mouse business. Perhaps I am enjoying myself. How? Proving to you conclusively that I am your superior in every way. So this is what it was all about. About the war. Your eyes are heavy, Cardone. Huh? You will not last much longer. Okay. Another hour at the most. Shut up, shut So up. easy. Just close eyes. Never wake up. No, you can't. It's all right, Lisa. Get water. Here, baby. Drink this. Give food. Give water. You could use that water more than she. Can't last forever. Not in water. All right. Eyes heavy. Shrine hold. Can't last forever. Superior. Gonna get the gun. Stay back. Gonna beat you. Superior. Gonna turn you in. I feel you. Gonna beat you. Uh. Beat you. Beat you. Gotta get his gun. His gun. Got it. Got it. Gotta throw it. Run. Superman. Beat you. Whistle. Heard whistle. Can't see. Whistle. Ship must be ship. Ship. There's a stainer. Ship. There's a ship. Stainer. Stainer. There's a ship. American. Everything's all right. Thanks. Lie back and rest, son. You're going to be all right. Lisa. Lisa. She's safe, too. You're going to be okay. Where am I? On board my ship. I'm John Steele, skipper. Oh. Lisa's safe? Yes. You're both coming along fine. Both? Lucky we picked the two of you up when we did. 
Two? Yes. You were both unconscious when we got to you. Two? Yes. It's a funny thing. When I first picked you up with my glasses, I thought I saw three people in the raft. When we got close enough to lower a boat, there was just you and the girl. Couldn't take a beating. Pardon? Uh-huh. Nothing. Yes. Now, you just lie back and take it easy. Yeah. Oh, just one thing more. Yeah? I've been holding up my radiogram till you came around. Yeah? Any casualties to report? No. No casualties. No. I didn't think so. By the way, we found this in your pocket. Thought you might like to have it. Oh, what is it? A ring. Thanks. Indian good luck charm. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Superman. John Steele, Adventurer, is produced by Robert Monroe, written and directed by Elliot Drake. Don Douglas is featured as John Steele. Also in tonight's cast were Ross Martin, Connie Lemke, and Earl George. The orchestra was conducted by Sylvan Levin. Sound by Walt Shaver. Remember, next week, Mutual presents Kid Brother, another story of suspense and action from the files of John Steele, Adventurer. Ted Malley speaking. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System. Adventures of the Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charters and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio, starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor Vincent Price as... The Saint. Would you like some more coffee, madam? No, thank you, Chester. Excuse me, I'll see who's at the door. Coming. Chester. I answered the doorbell, madam. But who is it? No one, madam. That's silly, someone rang. Someone rang, madam, but you see, there's no one at the door, no one at all. I suppose it could have been children playing pranks. Perhaps so, madam. Then shut the door. Chester. Yes, madam. Uh, at your feet on the doorstep. Oh, well, it seems to be a package of some sort. Pick it up. Yes, madam. 
Don't give it to me. I'm sorry, Chester, but shut the door. Come along. In here. Now, open that package. Yes, madam. Well, haven't you finished yet? In a moment. There. What is it? You have only to look, madam. What is it? Nothing important, madam. Only a red rose. A red rose? Oh. <laughs> Mr. Templer, how do you find the roast of beef? Huh? Very easily. <laughs> You make the joke. You make the joke. I laugh. I laugh for Mrs. Martucci. She's a very happy. Oh, who is Mrs. Martucci? That's my wife. Well, I'm glad I make your wife happy. Perhaps when we get around to the dessert, I can make your children happy, too. I know got the children. Oh, that's too bad. But perhaps by the time we get around to the dessert, I... No, not enough time. However... Mr. Templer, you are maybe expected a lady. Well, I always hope, but uh, what lady? The one that she's over in the corner table with very beautiful eyes. Mm, corner table. Yeah. Now that you mention it, you're quite right. She has lovely eyes. But I wasn't expecting her, not until Christmas at any rate. She's a watch you all through the dinner. Mm, perhaps there's something fascinating about the back of my neck. There must be so. Because now the lady she's getting up... And where do you think she comes? To this table? Yes. Hmm. Well, goodbye, Tony. Huh? Oh, I take it in. Goodbye, Mr. Temple. I beg your pardon. But you are Simon Temple, aren't you? Yes, I am. May I sit down? Of course. I'm Laura Kane. How do you do? Would you like something to drink? No, thank you. A drink wouldn't help. Oh, perhaps I could. I'm pretty desperate. And very beautiful. Thank you. But you didn't come to my table to hear me say that. No, Mr. Temple. You see, I know about you. It's probably an exaggeration. You're the saint. Yes, it is an exaggeration. And I need help desperately. Help about what? Mr. Templer. Look. And I think for a couple of reasons you'd better specify what I'm to look at. Oh, at my shoulder. My left shoulder. Very pretty. There's a red rose pinned to it. That's what I need help about. The rose? And I know very little about flowers, except that they're beautiful and are very often sent to beautiful women. By someone who never sends his name... Someone who sees to it that they're delivered secretly with no word at night. But that is rather unusual. It frightens me. Well, perhaps the roses are sent by an admirer of yours, a very shy admirer. I thought that at first, but not anymore. No matter how shy a man might be, it's not easy for anyone to sneak into a house night after night, unseen, unheard. It can't be shyness. Well, perhaps not. It takes cunning, determination. There's more, too. Yes? My first husband was killed a number of years ago. Police never found out who killed him. When his body was found, Mr. Templer, there was a red rose pinned to his shoulder. Mr. Templer. Yes? Do you think I'm being hysterical about this? I, I mean, am I attaching too much importance to something that might be harmless? I don't know. Too many unknown factors. You married again, didn't you? Yes, to Henry. Last year. Did he know about your first husband? Of course. Your husband's at home? No, which isn't unusual. Oh? He's away most of the time. He likes to travel, climb mountains and things like that. And you? I don't like climbing mountains much. How about your husband? I don't like him much either. I see. Do you? He's very rich. 
I suppose in view of your sentiments, he'd have to be. And he is away a lot, so... There are servants? Well, only Chester, the butler. Does he know about the roses? He knows I've been getting them. I don't think he knows about their connection with my first husband, which is just as well. I don't think he admires me. Well, then why do you keep him on? Henry insists. Henry's very much attached to Chester. And Chester makes a good watchdog. This is where I live. Uh, it's a large house. <laughs> You're being kind. It's not only large, it's horrible. It's belonged to Henry's family for hundreds and hundreds of years. I sometimes get the feeling all of them are still living in it, with us. Uh, no lights in the house. No, Chester likes to go to bed early. And he's careful about saving Henry's money as well as his reputation. He always goes about turning lights off. It must make the house a very cheery place. Yes, it does. Cheery as a tomb. I... You know, I'm afraid to go in. Why not ring? Chester wouldn't like being waked. You asked me to come home with you because you were afraid your unknown admirer, the man who's been sending you the roses, might be waiting for you. Well, I could go in alone no, and... I'm being silly. The light switch is to your right, Simon. Right. Anyway, there's no one in the foyer. I'm, I'm counting my blessings as they come along. Where are the roses usually left? Sometimes on the doorstep. Mostly, though, in the living room. On a table there. And then suppose we try the living room. Yes. Wait, the lamp's right near the door. I'll get it. Nothing on the table. No roses. No roses, but Mrs. Kane. What? On the couch, the far corner. Flowers are there? They never... They... Henry! Stay where you are, Mrs. Kane. Oh, please, Mr. Templer. Please tell me he's all right. I'm afraid I can't, Mrs. Kane. <laughs> yes, yes. There's a knife buried in his chest. He's dead. Oh, no. Henry! Henry! Yes, I know, Mrs. Kane. Your husband is holding a red rose. Hey, Mr. Templer, come over here. All right. We uh, want to be alone? If I don't break this case, I'm liable to wind up being alone someplace out in Staten Island. Kane was a very rich boy. Very rich don't like to get murdered. Unlike the poor, you mean. The same difference, except around dumps like this, a cop's got to be careful. Mm -hmm. Now, look, Templer, we got your story and the babes. Mrs. Kane is a very beautiful and, need I remind you, a very wealthy woman. She's a babe. We got your stories translated. That means we got a couple of pages of nothing. Now, did you happen to know that her first husband got himself knocked off, too? I didn't happen to know. She told me. I suppose maybe that's a mark in her favor, but... Uh, how do you like the butler, Chester? Well, I, I don't know. I never met him. I mean as a suspect. I never liked butlers as suspects. Old-fashioned. He lives here. Except he don't seem to be living here anymore. Uh, it makes sense to me, whatever it does to you. Now, the thing I'm worried about is, was his disappearance a coincidence? Or would it be because he stuck a knife in the boss? I wouldn't know. Of course, if we figure him for the killing, it would make everybody very happy. Except Chester. Yeah. Well, we'll find him. Well... Nothing more to do around here, so I guess I'll pull the boys out and go back to my pinochle game. Hey, you stay on? Mm, for a while. 
you uh, think the widow needs consolation. Lieutenant, you are a cad. Look, nobody ever confused me with a gentleman. Anybody ever confuse you with a saint? Well, it's nice of you to even consider the possibility. Uh, 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 good night, Temple. All right, boys. We go home. Uh, good night, Temple. Simon. I'm still here. It was nice of you to stay, and the police were very nice. Too. Why not get to bed now? Hmm? There's nothing to be done tonight. Simon, do they really think Chester killed my husband? Do you? No. Chester would never have harmed Henry. Well, that leaves Chester with a job on his hands explaining his disappearance. But that's his problem. I suppose. <laughs> I am tired, Simon. Well, I'll go. But, Laura. Yes. I don't think he'll show up. I'm not talking about Chester. He. What do you mean? Well, you've been waiting for someone all evening. Every time the front door opened, even though the police were here, you grew tense, expectant. It was fairly obvious, Laura. You're imagining things. All right. Perhaps I am. Good night. Good night, Simon. And thanks for everything. Well, I didn't do anything. I wish I could have prevented... I know. Try and get some sleep. Hmm? I'll phone in the morning. Thank you, Simon. Hi, Mr. Templin. Oh, hello, Joe. Lieutenant left you on guard, huh? Yeah. Me, I'd be happier was I inside. Oh, the weather out here? No, the lady in there. Well, that's life. And practically in the raw, too. <laughs> oh, good night. Good night. Mr. Templer. Mr. Templer. What? Uh, quick, get in the car. Do hurry. Oh, all right. <laughs> of course, I might be walking into the lion's den... Good heavens, do I look like a lion? No, no, much more like a lamb. Uh, so I've been told. Uh, better, much better. What is it? Getting away from that dreadful house, I never could stand the architecture. Deplorable. Yeah, not to mention the policeman out front. Uh, please, that's not. All right. Uh, Mr. Templer, you're quite a detective, aren't you? Well, not exactly a detective, I... but you do detect every once in a while. Uh, don't you? When I can't help myself. Why? Well, you see, I drove up to the house and noticed hordes, but hordes, a policeman outside. I'd been expecting to drop in on Laura and, and uh, share a cup of tea, but there... Well, champagne would seem to be more in Laura's line. Well, I don't mind a bit of wine myself, you know. However, <laughs> I'm dabbling. Uh, what I mean to say is, with all those policemen around, I thought it hardly wise to visit, uh, you know. No. Oh, I'm sorry. I've been terribly rude. Uh, my name's Gordon Ashenden. Uh, my friends call me uh, Gordy. Well, I'll try to resist. But you haven't told me yet. Whatever has happened... Where? At dear Laura's, of course. Well, it's dear Henry's, too, you know. What is? Dear Laura's house. Oh. Well, yes, of course. But why think of nasty things? Because they've become even nastier. What on earth are you trying to say? Dear Henry is dead. Well, it's most distressing, of course, but... Dear Henry is not only dead, he was murdered. Oh, dear. Laura shouldn't have... Oh, uh, that is... What makes you think Laura did? I, I didn't say. I, I, I do not think that uh, Laura did anything of the sort. I... Oh, I just remembered a terribly important engagement. You will excuse me, won't you? Uh, you can get a cab right at the corner. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, Mr. Ashenden. Yes? That engagement you just remembered... What about it? I'd be very careful keeping it. Oh, nonsense. It's a business engagement. Might be the making of me. Perhaps. On the other hand, it might be the death of you. Alexander Graham B. 
Isabel, you may roast. Hello. Mr. Templer? Mr. Simon Templer? Are you satisfying a morbid curiosity or addicted to practical jokes? I realize it's very late, sir, but I'm Chester, Mr. Templer. Chester? The butler? Yes, sir. The police, I'm afraid, are more interested in you than I am. I don't dare go to them. Why not? They must think I murdered Mr. Kane. Did you? Of course not. Well, then why didn't you stay at the house? Because the murderer was there. The murderer being... I, I didn't see him. I heard Mr. Kane cry out and then horrible sounds. Then I heard steps coming toward me. So you ran? Yes, sir. Well, why have you called me? Because I knew Mrs. Kane had spoken to you about the roses. How did you know that? Well, she, she told me she was going to. Tell you, that is. What do you want me to do? Help me. Prove my innocence. Well, then you'd better come here. Oh, I can't. I'm afraid to leave. Where are you? Mr. Kane had a small hunting lodge. That's where I am. It's on Cressley Road, just across the George Washington Bridge, off Highway 12. I don't dare come into the city, Mr. Templer. Well, I see, but... You've got to help me. I don't want to be murdered. All right, then. I'll be out there as soon as I can. Thank you, sir. Please hurry. I'd like to be alive when you come. Mr. Templer. Yes, Louis? So you explained everything, but it still don't seem right. In the middle of the night, nobody takes a taxi to New Jersey. But I have. Yeah, that's what bothers me. Also, it's my taxi. You know something? It's dark in New Jersey. Well, that happens in New York, too. Yeah, but it's more like home there. Here, it don't make me feel good. You're not supposed to feel good. We're on our way to help a man whose life may be in danger. Oh, now I feel worse. Look, this butler, Chester. Supposing he killed Mr. Kane himself. So from whom would he be in danger from? But he may not have killed Kane, Louie. So then let him stay in New Jersey. No, no. He was in the house when Kane was murdered. Yeah, but he didn't see the killer, if he's telling the truth. That's right, Louie, except the killer may not know that. Well, this here is the place. Yes, cabin set back from the road. Come on, let's go. Oh, I, I should have rung my elephant gun. If I had an elephant gun. Mm, but we're not hunting elephants. It could be a lot safer than what we're doing. Quiet enough. Don't complain, Mr. Temple, please. The sounds you're liable to hear out in this wilderness are not sounds I want to hear. No lights in the cabin, though. Well, maybe uh, Chester went to Pennsylvania. <laughs> hey, Mr. Temple, it's a joke. See, there's a town in Pennsylvania called Chester. Yeah. All right, maybe it wasn't a joke. No, it is. I'd let you hear my teeth chatter. You want to knock? Of course. Who's there? Simon Templer, Chester. Yeah, and Louie. And Louie. Come in, please, quickly. I haven't dared put the lights on in this room. It it faces the road. Will you come with me? Oh, I shouldn't have had the lights on here in the kitchen either, but I was afraid to wait in the dark. Is anyone likely to suspect you may have come here? I, I don't know. I, I can't even think, Mr. Temple. You're sure you don't know who killed Mr. Kane? No, I don't. If I did, I could have gone to the police and been safe. This way. Chester, Mr. Kane was very wealthy, wasn't he? Yes, sir. And Mrs. Kane? Well, she was married to Mr. Kane, so... I meant in her own right. I don't think so, sir. Kane wasn't home very much of the time, was he? No, sir. Why? Well... He wasn't really happy in his marriage. He could have divorced his wife. Well, not Mr. Kane, sir. He couldn't have endured the scandal. I see. 
Chester, that name you can't think of, the killer's name, could it possibly be Gordon Ashenden? I don't know. What does Mr. Ashenden do besides have tea with Mrs. Kane? He raises flowers, sir. He has a conservatory out on Long Island. That's interesting. Among those flowers, could there possibly be roses? Roses, sir? Yes, you know what they are. Well, of course, sir. But then suppose you answer my question. Well, I, I should imagine he raised roses, sir. Chester. Yes, sir? I'm having unkind thoughts about you. What do you mean, Mr. Templer? I think, for example, that you know who killed Mr. Kane. Oh, no. I think also that your original intention was to keep quiet about that knowledge until the case had been closed as unsolved. Oh, what? Why would I do a thing like that? It's an ugly word, Chester, but I'm afraid I'll have to use it. Blackmail. Oh, that, that's ridiculous. No. For an innocent man, there's no explanation of your behavior that holds water. I was afraid. Mr. Kane was knifed to death. The room in which he died showed no signs of struggle. Therefore, you couldn't have heard the murder. You must have seen it. No, sir. I... Your story about fleeing from mysterious footsteps is childish. According to your own story, you had no way of knowing whose they were, or even who had been killed. An honest man in your circumstances would simply have run out into the street and yelled for help. You didn't. Now, who killed Mr. Kane, Chester? I don't know. Or would you prefer dying alongside the murderer as an accessory after the fact? Very well, sir. I did see you. Wait, at that window. Chester, you're near the lamp. Turn it off. What? Turn it off. Oh, oh. He, he, he didn't turn it off. No, a bullet did it for him. Came through that window. If we can find the door in this confounded darkness. Yeah. Yeah, here it is. Oh, oh, there goes a the car. Kill his car. We're too late, Louis. Come on, let's go back in. Yeah. Another lamp around. Louis, strike a match, please. Uh, okay, Mr. Templer. Yeah, yeah, here it is. Mr. Templer? I know, Louis. Two of the bullets hit him. Oh. Ain't gonna bottle no more, huh? No. His second murder scene in two days, but in this one, he played the title role. <laughs> You know, Mr. Templer and New Jersey cops wasn't bad. You know, if I'd have shut my eyes, I could almost have imagined there was New York cops. Just goes to show you. To show you what? That crossing a river don't change a cop. I'm taking you home? No, Louis. <laughs> Mrs. Kane. If you don't mind. I mind. Look, Mr. Templer, maybe she's beautiful. But right now, I could easily spoil even Helen of Troy. And from what I hear from the boys, she was the all-time tomato. You hear right. How do you know? You was around while she was still on the vine. Louie. Yeah? We're passing Mrs. Kane's house. Oh! Oh, there's a cop outside the oh, house. So there is. Wait for me, Louie. I'll wait. Hey, you! Oh. Oh, Mr. Templer. Hello again, Joe. Like to see Mrs. Kane. Uh, so what I, I... I mean, at this hour? Well, does she turn invisible at certain hours? Oh, Paulo, I know she wants to see you. Well, you might try asking her. Okay, you wait here. Why? Well, that way I get to see her, too. Hey, you know something? I'm afraid I do. She's gone. That's right, but how... Did the... I know? I guess. She shouldn't have ducked out. I'm supposed to protect you. 
Hey, hey, Mr. Templer, where are you going? Believe it or not, Joe, I'm going to pick a few flowers. That would be the greenhouses over there. Me, I ain't interested in flowers. Over this way, a small house where Gordon lives, I should think. Hey, there's a light on Yeah. And now let's see how quietly I can open the door. Mm-hmm. Very quietly, but very bad manners. Maybe it is. Oh, don't remind me of that. Mr. Templer. Yeah, I know. You can get a bit closer. What will they think when they find out you did? I was here all night. No, Gordy, because when I got here, I stopped and touched the hood of your car. It was hot. Well, I, I didn't rest loose and run off to drive. Where to, Gordy? What happens to your peculiar girl, Laura? What difference does it make that I do? I haven't just become rich because of the murder. As I have. How true. And not for the first time. You knew about my first husband? And the roses? I knew. My dear. And you must be planning on... Giving up flower growing and helping you bear the burden of your great wealth? <laughs> to the idea. I shall perhaps grow very fine. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Let's go off me. No, this is where we come in, Louis. Good evening. Simon! What the devil do you mean by... By not knocking, intruding, eavesdropping? I'm a cad, and you'll never hear me call you Gordy. Better let go of Laura. All right. You didn't be so heroic about it. As a matter of fact, I'm here merely to give you a message. Really? From whom? Chester. Simon, the police have found him. He's in their hands at the moment. Simon, the police won't treat him badly, will they? Because he didn't kill Henry. He didn't kill Henry, and the police won't treat him badly. You see, he's dead. Oh, no. Poor old tap. You lack conviction, Mr. Ashenby. I lack interest. After all, what was Chester to me? More than you realize, perhaps. You see, he was shot to death in front of Louis and me. He had been in the house when Henry Kane was murdered. He knew who the murderer was. I still lack interest. You shouldn't. Before he died, Chester passed that name on to me. He did? He did. Is that why you're waving a gun about? I just want to be sure. Listen, I don't care what Chester said. If he told you I murdered Kane, he, he, he was lying. That's it. Lying. Gordon, please, put that gun away. No, Gordon, don't put the gun away. But stop pointing it at me. You might try another direction until the police arrive. Other direction? Who? Mrs. Kane's, of course. You see, she happens to have killed both her husband and Chester. Simon! Oh, dear. Oh, my. And for heaven's sakes, don't faint till later. So in the middle of the night, we're sitting in a restaurant. This adds up. It certainly does. Laura Kane interrupted me earlier tonight, and I never got to the dessert. (laughs) Hey, Mr. Templer. I know the cops have locked Mrs. Kane up, which personally I think is a waste on account of how she looks. But look, I can't believe she killed her husband in the butler. She did, Louie. Yeah, I'd like to ask you how you know. Only I don't want to stay here till breakfast. It's very simple, Louie. Her motive is obvious. She was afraid Kane might divorce her. Therefore, she killed him and hoped to inherit his money. Uh Uh-huh. And the roses? An attempt, and rather a clever one, to direct suspicion at Gordon. She even put on an act with Chester about the roses. 
Ordinarily, if Chester hadn't decided blackmailing her would be more fun, he'd have testified about the roses routine and helped convict Gordon. Yeah, 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 but how... Now, excuse me, but I think any minute the sun is going to rise. How did you know? Whoever murdered Chester had been eavesdropping and knew that Chester hadn't been given the opportunity to tell us the murderer's name. Yet when I suggested Chester had told him... Uh Aha, Gordon got scared and started waving a gun. So you knew he was innocent, and that left... Mrs. Kane, a lady whose love was not at all like a red, red rose. You have been listening to another transcribed adventure of The Saint... The Robin Hood of modern crime. Now, here is our star, Vincent Price. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us who live in the United States are aware of the material values of American life, our factories and machines and luxuries. But there is another side to American life, a side made up of spiritual values. Our country was founded upon faith in God. In the Declaration of Independence, it states that men were endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Thus, religious faith is part of the very foundation of American democracy. And one of our most precious national heritages is freedom of worship. Without faith, the family and the community become unstable. Without faith, the individual denies himself the peace and guidance of religion. The doors of your churches and synagogues are open to you. The freedom to worship as you please is yours. And so America's religious organizations invite you to find yourself through faith and to come to church this week. This is Vincent Price inviting you to join us again next week at the same time for another exciting adventure of the same. Good night. of the Saint was written by Louis Vittes. In our cast, you heard Larry Dobkin as Louis and Mary Shipp as Laura. Ted Osborne played Gordon, Lou Krugman, the waiter. The cop was played by Barney Phillips and Chester Jack Moyle. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charters, is a James L. Sapir production and is directed by Helen Mack. Read Vincent Price's favorite story of the month in the current issue of Front Page Detective. All you Saint fans will be glad to know that the Saint comic books are on sale at all newsstands. Announcer is Don Stanley. Three chimes mean good times on NBC. Later today, hear the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show for music, song, and laughs with Phil, Alice, Frankie, and Juliet. Enjoy the very best in radio. Be sure that you dial and write. Seems like the very best the radio morning, noon, and night is from this station. Morning, noon, and night, NBC. This is NBC, the national broadcasting company. You can find more from the St. John Steele Adventurer, past episodes of this podcast, and all the others at relicradio.com. We've also got a shoutcast stream up and running there with even more old-time radio. 
Lots to listen to thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. Your support is how all of this is made possible. Thanks to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. Be back next Tuesday with another episode of the Relic Radio Show.